three two one what's going on folks welcome to 34 questions i'm your host 34 and tonight we have a returning guest in the building jared moses is back how are you doing tonight jared i'm doing pretty good man thank you thank you for asking how about yourself i'm doing all right man it's a monday you know uh, i don't know if you like mondays but today's not <laughs> today wasn't so bad for me um but yeah uh for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show uh, we typically i'm just gonna do the rundown even though we have a returning guest but the rundown mm-hmm. is uh we'll do a little bit of a warm-up uh after that we'll jump into an icebreaker after the icebreaker we'll head to the wheel of fate where we'll spin the wheel whichever number it lands on that's how the conversation will flow and after all that we'll finish out with the closeout sound good to you jared sounds great sounds great it's been a couple of years or almost a couple of years since you've uh yeah. your first visit um mm-hmm. so, so yeah uh we'll probably go through it normally but also catching up and taking time to just kind of touch base see how much things have changed maybe not changed yeah. since we last talked uh, so okay. let's start let's start there man uh what's new with you <laughs> well um so last time we talked i was i was working on a social media uh, more marketing agency type thing i was doing mm-hmm. um it was kind of in the in the midst of in the midst of covid um and, and things were a little bit crazy as far as that goes and um during that time i i fell into a bout of of depression that mm-hmm. that really took me out and and i decided to to put uh put it on hold and uh, just kind of actually put it on hold just putting it nicely i decided to basically just just trash it um I trash the business and and and, and focus on stuff that was going to be more fulfilling for me I focus you. on the things that make me happy and and figure out you know what i'm meant to do and since then i have you know found that my calling is is filmmaking mm. uh and so as as far as when i say filmmaking i mean like in the sense of it's just like my main thing it's like all i do now and that that was that's where I'm, I'm at before i know before when we spoke i was doing you know i i wrote screenplays and things like that for fun and stuff like that and then i wanted to do you know filmmaking as it was something i wanted to do but it was just something i felt like i wasn't able to do at the time uh because i needed to sort of put food on the table and things like that but since then yeah i've uh i've just gone all in on it and got a mentor been putting things together and, and building a whole brand surrounding that the mentally ill filmmaker um which is all about yeah which is all about um navigating my me documenting my journey of becoming a professional filmmaker while also managing my mental health and encouraging other filmmakers to do the same that's what's up dog uh i do want to ask so the project that you had dropped dropped off of or uh, you know you just stopped putting energy into uh Mm -hmm. you you mentioned that it it was something something wasn't sitting right with you yeah. Uh, what was that and how'd you come to that realization um i think what it really was was that being an entrepreneur uh being an entrepreneur for the sake of being an entrepreneur wasn't really for me mm-hmm. i like I, I i i feel that i have an entrepreneurial spirit and but i think that entrepreneurial endeavors really should when they say you should do what you're passionate about that that's that's real like that's a real thing because if you're doing it just because oh i i, I want to say that i'm an entrepreneur or say that i'm starting a business 
it, it it after a while it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel good you're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy and that's what it was for me it was just i felt like you know i listened to gary v and and the whole hustle mentality and all that and so it was kind of like i want to stamp entrepreneur on my profile for the sake of stamping mm-hmm. that on my profile but it's not my truth and it's not who i am um and so focusing on the things that i love is is what has really guided me to where I am now. And so, yeah, that's, I just, it wasn't for me. I got you. I got you. Yeah, no, man. Um, I think I came through to a similar, similar realization uh, bef- before the podcast. I, I don't know if I had mentioned it to you, but I was doing the clothing brand and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really enjoyed designing. I really enjoyed like trying to <laughs> come up with clever ways to spread a message and stuff. But mm-hmm. the whole fashion industry or, um, just that part of the it, the game I wasn't feeling um, it really felt like it was a part of my ego when I would introduce myself and tell people like oh hey this is my name and I actually own this brand and mm-hmm. I felt that pressure of always having to mention that second part um, because you know people are like oh you gotta tell people about what you're doing you gotta you know be proud of your work and stuff but yeah. my identity just became wrapped up with the brand and I, I that didn't sit right with me and I was like you know it didn't feel good something felt wrong and i had to i had to like step back from that project as well not saying it's dead forever but you know definitely did not want it to be as um i didn't want to cling on to it as much as i was was feeling that that feeling but yeah that makes sense and i mean i and i'm i say i say the same thing like as far as like entrepreneurial ventures go Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm by no means um done with entrepreneurial ventures it's just a matter of the 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 entrepreneurial ventures that i'm going to choose going forward are going to be specific to the things i'm passionate about the things that if i never made a dime out of it i would still be cool doing it um those are the things that i really want to focus on going forward and so i'm working on there's some things that I'm, I'm, i'm ruminating on some ideas that i have that are all connected to what i'm currently doing helping the community that i'm currently trying to speak to um so focusing on those things that that's really where where i'm at so i'm definitely not done with with entrepreneurial work i think i think that's always going to be in my spirit a little bit but i think it's just going to be more hyper focused on what i love not to mention the fact that you know film filmmaking in general if you're doing it right is a business within itself so you have to have a little bit of a business mind to do filmmaking and do it right um anyway sure. so yeah um uh, yeah filmmaking man tell me about what what joy brings you since it, that kind of drew you towards that that part we talked about screenwriting but i feel yeah. like now it's, it's evolved since the last time we spoke <laughs> oh yeah man i mean it i think I've, as I said, I've always loved it. I've loved it since I was a kid. Um, like when I was when I was like seven, um, I remember my first time ever figuring out how filmmaking works. Um, me and my mom, my mom was bringing me home from a dentist appointment, and uh, uh, we were getting ready to watch uh, Hook, the movie Hook with uh, Robin Williams. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and it was we, we were going home to watch that, and I was telling her. Oh, all the actors and everybody must be getting ready to go to the studio and do the thing live. And my mom explained to me that, no, it's a whole crew and they write it and they do all this stuff. And I was so fascinated with the idea of that, that like all of these people came together to create this thing that's going to live on forever. Uh, I have to do that someday. And, and it's always been this thing in the back of my mind mm. that that's something I really want to do. Not to mention the fact that I'm 
the I, I firmly believe that filmmaking is the closest thing to real life magic possible uh, like it's as close to real life magic as you can possibly get the fact that you can take a seed of an idea something that starts in your mind and then suddenly is on a screen for millions of people to see not suddenly it's that's sort of under understanding it but the, the seed this thing that just starts in your brain this thing you imagine and then suddenly everyone else can see that everyone else can see that thing that you've seen and that that, that level of telepathy that that the level of, of shared consciousness is it's incredible and I, I i'm in love with the magic of filmmaking um not to mention the fact that i also am a firm believer that filmmakers as well as all creatives really our number one job is to teach empathy and i and i'm a big proponent in empathy and so any business any organization any industry that is driven by the idea to teach that that concept is 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 for me completely i want to ask you man how did you get to that connection of creatives you know being for empathy or not duty but that's comes from my work is to teach empathy tell me how you came how you got that connection done so for me i think that the idea that we are as creatives our job is to teach empathy is whether you're you know if you think about a song that you love um about heartbreak about happiness about joy or a movie that you saw that paints a a character in a not necessarily the greatest light like let's take um or a tv show like let's take uh, the sopranos for instance right and you Mm -hmm. got you got tony soprano now tony soprano by all by all accounts would generally be generally speaking be an individual who we consider to be like scum of the earth type of person however the more you watch him and the more you watch as he interacts with his family the people that he loves the people that the things that he cares about it teaches us we begin to feel for him we begin to root for him even though this person is a despicable person we begin to root for them or like i said take a song that you love about heartbreak about um happiness about whatever that level of connection to someone else's pain to someone else's joy to someone else's feelings we teach people how to examine other people's feelings how to examine how where other people are coming from other perspectives we you know more often than not film specifically is generally drawn from different people's experiences throughout the world uh, all over the world and so you're automatically taught to engage other people's ideas other people's beliefs through art and so within that so every artist in my opinion is a teacher of empathy we 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 use metaphor and things of that nature to try to teach people to ultimately feel for other people gotcha. so yeah that's what i think yeah man i mean it just got me thinking just got me reflecting for sure uh <laughs> i'm a big consumer of art uh when -hmm. it comes to just even tv shows movies music uh sometimes here and there books um yeah yeah i don't know if maybe that's why i feel so empathetic to a lot of people because i've been exposed to so many stories and just i've kind of taken it in and try to listen and um you talk about examining when people Mm -hmm. ask me why i watch the office so many times like oh yeah i'm studying this part (laughs) this is what i tell myself i'm I'm like really trying to figure out these characters and uh, yeah. 
You, you, exactly you're, you're trying to connect and figure out these people that are different than you that are that come from different places than you and sometimes they are people that are just like you because there are some people that we we relate to in, in media that are that are similar to us or we wish we could be like them or whatever it may be but our ability to connect comes from art we we've, we've we've as human beings have connected with each other from the beginning of from the beginning of the creation of art it has always been a way for us as human beings to connect with each other and pass that information about what is in the present, what's in the past, and what's possibly going to be in the future from generation to generation to generation. Art has always been used to do that. Um, and so that no matter what you're talking about, like I said, film is only uh, a little over a hundred years old, but you know, that doesn't change, you know, books, music, uh, paintings, there's tons of different forms of art and each of them have always been used to teach teach the, the generations that come after or the civilizations that come after a little bit about what came before so yeah and within that like i said comes empathy so dude and i'm thinking about like we talk about film and you talk you said it mentioned it was like 100 years old around the ish mm-hmm. uh but even before that right you talk about plays talk about theater right. um and I'm just wondering how that the first people to to act or first people to be in a play or create that, like, I wonder what was the inspiration and what story they were telling at in the beginning. You know, it had to be something right. super relatable to everyone at that time. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. But yeah, man, that, that's a trip to think about. Uh, now, we, do you think everyone's a creative or could be a creative? What, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. Two. I mean, I I firmly believe that everybody is a creative to an extent. We all have an imagination. We, you know, some of us, some of us have, have killed our imagination a little bit, or have decided that you know it's time to grow up and put away childish things, if you will. Um, mm. But we all have it. We've had it. We're born with that. So the idea that if you can have an, I believe that if you can have an imagination, you can be a creative. Uh, though that's something that can't be taught like all the other stuff is technical like you know the singing dancing the filmmaking all of those things there there are technical aspects of it but the truly creative aspects of it really comes from imagination and so if you can imagine it then absolutely i think that anybody can be a creative um do i think that everybody should be <laughs> no not necessarily but <laughs> i got you <laughs> but i think that everybody definitely can be not that, uh, I ask because I've had this conversation with friends before, uh, mm-hmm. especially ones that they don't consider themselves as creative, right? They'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, why, uh, how can you do all this X, Y, and Z? And then I'm like telling them, well, why don't you try? And they're like, nah, I can't do that. That's not me. Or like, you know, um, that's just not, it doesn't work for them. And then we talk about mm-hmm. imagination. And I've, I don't think I've ever really met a person like this, but I've heard there's people that can't even picture you know their thought or their dream you know it's like it doesn't that picture doesn't appear in their mind and i'm like for mm-hmm. real like i feel like that's crazy that's yeah yeah but, so you go ahead but i think that i think that people like that may have and don't don't quote me because i'm not saying this is absolutely but if sure. i had to guess i would imagine people like that have struggled with have had severe trauma in their life mm-hmm. to the point where when they have tried to embrace that childlike sense of wonder somebody snuffed that out somewhere in their life to that to the point where now it's kind of like i I don't want to go there and i don't want to let myself go there 
Oh. I think that that's it's either that or or you end up dealing with. Um, I wrote a blog recently and did a podcast episode on on my show called uh, "How to Embrace um, How to Defeat Fear," basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people think that they can't do things simply because they're afraid to fail at it. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step to defeating fear is always about accepting the fact that you're going to fail at it. Like that's just going to happen. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. You just have to get comfortable with that. And it's okay. Like the, the the best lessons you're ever going to learn in life are the ones where you fail because you'll learn more from failing than you'll ever learn from a book, from a mentor, from a cheat sheet that you can download from somebody's landing page. You're going to learn so much more by just trying it and failing. And because then you'll know, okay, that doesn't work. So I'll try this instead. Um, and I think a lot of people who have that mind state of like, I can't do that. I can't do the creative thing or like, cause I've had people ask me to say the same thing. Like when I've written screenplays or I've written short stories and they'll read it and they're like, how do you do that? I could never, I could never come up with something like that. And it's like, yeah, you, you could, if you really wanted to, you could, you just have to try um, and give it a shot. And you're probably going to suck at it at first and that's okay, but you'll get better if you keep on doing it. So yeah, I think that that's, I think that's normal. Um, but the whole, like people can't even, imagine or picture that that's I don't I don't want to say it's weird because I'm not trying to judge anybody but like I've just never I've never met a person like that before it's different oh. yeah it's different for yeah. sure uh, but I have I feel like it's been brought up in conversation before and it had me thinking mm-hmm. um, and yeah if anybody's listening out there who are is like that please let's talk about it because I want to know more about how the world looks in your view um but uh i mean you're creative yourself so um the fact that you make a podcast is mm-hmm. is a creative i i me and my friend uh i had a friend we had a debate about whether or not podcasters were creatives and i i'm a firm believer that a podcaster is a creative simply because you are taking something that doesn't exist and you are bring it in into existence therefore you created it therefore you are a creator that makes you a creative um so then your your story your 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 entire the concept for your entire show is is definitely makes you a creative which is why it's another example of creatives teaching empathy your entire premise for this show is about connecting with people and hearing their stories and learning about them and and sort of hearing their point of view so yeah, I think you're definitely you're creative, and you are also a teacher of empathy. I know, man. I, I, I like to believe so. I remember uh, I had a homie. Uh, you know, this whole time they knew I was. I've been a rapper. I've been making designs for my clothing brand, and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, met your dog. I just met, uh, or I just came across a, a true creative." And I'm like, damn, man, that hurts. <laughs> you mean I'm not one? I, I didn't say that, but it was in my mind. I was like, goddamn. But uh, you ever heard of the artist David Cho? Has that no. name come up for you? No. Uh, yeah. You, if you Google him, look up his story and where he's at in life right now. Um, he, I can see why he's a true creative because he's mm-hmm. the kind of dude that takes whatever, anything and everything and can create this idea but also make it look good like it feels like whatever's in his mind he can translate perfectly into any medium and i'm Mm. just like god damn uh so yeah david cho he's he's a he's an interesting guy i don't think you know it's like 
he's uh, very polarizing some people like him some people don't but the mm. way he kind of lives his life is like this radical he has a show called the david cho show if you ever looked that up um very mm. similar to my podcast i would say uh, i didn't take it from him <laughs> but he was very like he connects with people and as he's interviewing people he's painting them at the same time and oh. like he gives them like a portrait at the end but the conversations are super real um and he likes to call his thing radical empathy like that's what mm-hmm. he's, like even if it hurts he's gonna go there because he's trying to understand more and kind of like be super empathetic um so yeah check that out when you get a chance um I don't know. no doubt i definitely will no, i love that i love i love radical empathy i like the idea of that I, I i live with i i've been lately trying to live with radical acceptance and radical honesty um mm. And no matter with? what, it's it's not easy. Yeah, it's um, not. <laughs> especially like radical honesty is, is is not as difficult as I thought it would be. Uh, it's just you know being authentic and being as honest as possible with people. To you know, um, I find myself saying no to a lot more things mm. um, than I used to because you know naturally I'm a people pleaser that's my general I hate confrontation and I and I find that due to my trauma and the things that I've been through in life I, I'm constantly trying to please people but in radical just being radically honest telling some, someone asks you know do you want to do this or do you mind doing this and it's like no I don't want to do that and I'm not gonna um I appreciate the offer but it's not for me um and just kind of doing that it is it is helping me set boundaries for the, the people in my life and the things that are happening in my life. Um, but radical acceptance is a little bit harder, especially when it comes to accepting things about yourself and granting grace uh, for things. So like, let's say for instance, I'm, I'm interested in doing, I'm supposed to like complete a task by a specific deadline. And in the past, if I didn't, achieve that goal i would be like really hard on myself i'd get really depressed i'd get really down and now with radical acceptance it's kind of like learning to grant grace not not necessarily not holding yourself accountable but being able to say if i didn't meet the goal it's okay i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna talk bad about myself i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna shit on myself i'm not gonna do any of that stuff i'm just gonna be i'm gonna accept it I'm going to accept me. I'm going to treat myself the way I would treat other people. Because as I said, I hate confrontation. I hate disagreeing with people, but it's like, it's funny how when you hate confrontation, yet you, you are willing to be confrontational with yourself in the Mm. sense that you're willing to say bad things to yourself. You're willing to treat yourself negatively or get into that space where you're not being the most positive with yourself. And so I'm learning that, I need to set boundaries for other people and set boundaries for myself as well. And telling myself, you know, we don't talk to ourselves that way. And when I find myself talking to myself in a certain way, stopping and saying, no, that's not, that's not going to fly here. The way I would defend a friend or a family member, if someone was to talk out of line to my wife or to my mom or my brother or anybody like that, I treat myself the same way. If I say something bad about myself, I I stop that immediately and say, we don't do that here. That's, that's not how it's going to go. And, it's difficult because I have a I have a long history of doing it, but it's something that's that's been working and, and helping me be a little bit more positive going forward. Likewise, man, for sure. I think uh I slip into those moments every now and then and I definitely I haven't gotten to the point where I can be like 
I say positive stuff and, and, and the negative stuff, but I, I do, I think my, my thing is like, I tell myself to breathe. Like when, yeah. when those thoughts, when I, I just get into myself, I don't know what it is, man. I think maybe we are just used to it and we've been doing it for such a long time that like mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, there's a trigger or whatever, it gets us into that moment in that mode. And I just got to tell myself, you know, I got to breathe or I got to like stand up or do something different because those I don't know for you, man, but like, it's a very familiar feeling, you know, it mm-hmm. almost feels, uh, I don't, I don't want to call it nostalgic, but, um, there's a certain level of like, since I'm familiar with the feeling and I'm familiar mm-hmm. with the whole process of going through it, it's like, um, if, if it feels like that's just how it's supposed to go like that's yeah. the normal way of going like this this happens Absolutely. so i should be say, i say this to myself and mm-hmm. and like that's the same cycle and then in that middle part though is really just be like no it's not supposed to be like that yeah or, i need to change whatever i'm saying in my mind right now uh which yeah is, is ongoing for sure it's, it's hardwiring man that's that's what it is like i've come to realize and i i had this conversation with my mom because uh, my mom just started therapy recently Mm. And I've been telling her for years she needs to do it because uh, I come from a family and, and and that and I know a lot of families are like this, especially in the African American community. But just in general, like I come from a family where we don't talk about problems, we don't talk about what's wrong or what's going on. We kind of put that to the side. You 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 know, if you can't do anything about it, if you can't change it, why why dwell on it? Move on. You know, shove mm. that down. And I you know I was the first one in my family. To, that I know of anyway, to do therapy, to mm-hmm. go to a psych hospital, to live in a group home, to face trauma, like all of those things. Those were, I was the first one in my family to ever do. My niece, um, who we do, a, we do a podcast that's on hold at the moment, but we do called family therapy where we come together and we talk about stuff as well. But like she was, she's the second one in the family that, that has done that um that has done therapy and so with the stuff that i've been dealing with i've been trying to get my mom to go to therapy and 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 talk to somebody and get through the the years of trauma like legit man i'm gonna be real with you like completely transparent like my mom my mom's father my grandfather he was uh he was killed by my uncle oh when my mom was four uh and it has been that's something i know she carries with her for sure uh her whole life you know she never got to really know her dad um and then she ended up suffering burn she got uh burned when she was a kid uh like six years old and so she's like most of her body's covered in burns and that's also a major trauma that she deals with um it's something that i've i've i know she has to deal with it because i know that growing up i had to deal with it i had to you know kids kids are mean you know what i mean and they would make jokes and they would say things and i got into a shit ton of fights defending my mom um but anyway the, the point is my mom as i said she got into therapy recently and one of the things that we were talking a lot about is, is trauma and how trauma dictates a lot of what we say to ourselves um so a lot of times when we say these negative things it's not our voice that's saying it mm-hmm. somebody somewhere in our somebody somewhere of influence in our life said those things to us or said things like it and we have adopted that that view of ourselves because of that and we've been telling ourselves these things for so long that we start to think it's us 
but it's not really us. It's 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 some it's some so for some people it's a repressed memory. They don't know where it comes from, you know, because they may think, you know, like me, I I I know when I talk negative about myself, some of it I know where it comes from, but there's some stuff that I'm like, where does that even come from? Like, why do you even think like that? And I know that it has to be some memory that my brain is trying to protect me from that's keeping keeping it down. So like when you do run into those types of situations where you're like, I don't even know why I would talk like that to myself. I don't recall having, you know, family members or friends treat me this way or any way like that. But it's like usually that stuff's repressed. You don't even know. But that's generally where that negative self-talk comes from. We don't we're not born thinking negatively about ourselves. So that's not that's not something you're born with. It's something that you're taught. Um, just like we talk about like racism and things of that nature. Like those are, those are things that are ultimately ingrained in you. Those aren't stuff that you're born with. So just like we're not born to hate other people, we're not born to hate ourselves. We're not born to dislike ourselves. That's something that we have to be taught to do. So I just find that probably that's why I think therapy is so important because you can try to get to the root of where that comes from and figure out, you know, who started this. And if you can't get to that, at least understand the concept that it's not you, you know, that it's not coming from you, even though it may be in your voice and it may seem like it's from you. It's not from you. I got you. I have, I, I definitely need to find, okay. We could talk about therapy and finding the right therapist. I think is also very important. Yeah. I don't know if absolutely. your experience, but for me, um, I had pretty cool therapists growing up. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, I feel like during COVID I tried to do better help. And I'm not knocking better help or nothing like that, but I tried that too. It, it's hard to find somebody you can connect with over FaceTime, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, it's it's a uh, not the easiest. And and I, I believe the therapist is trying their best and you know trying to connect, right, of course. But it's definitely not as easy to find that chemistry. Um, Absolutely. I do. I feel like I don't know if this is a phrase that you have in your mind, but mine it always goes back to like life would be better without me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know where that started. I don't think I was ever told that. I'm like, as you were t- explaining that to me, I was thinking back, mm-hmm. like, was this from somebody else? And I'm I, generally my guilt just came from like my trauma, I guess, for from losing my sister, who uh, mm-hmm. I was died before I was born, but very like, you know. Um, she felt holy you know my parents are pretty religious so mm-hmm. the way they talked about her the way she they kind of pictured in my made me feel like yo she should have been here instead of me or like mm-hmm. you know she could have had a better impact and all all this stuff so mm-hmm. definitely that phrase <laughs> now that i am reflecting on it it mm-hmm. came came from i guess that trauma i don't know how else to yeah. put it i used to that, think that like right. i used to think that it doesn't it didn't affect me like i never knew her i didn't i never like you know uh had that experience or memories with my sister so like she felt like a stranger felt like a ghost you know um Mm -hmm. a lot of the time but i guess that's the impact she's had on me for sure exactly (laughs) i'm sorry for your loss man but it like truly like i really am and that and that that is that's 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 a trauma like Mm. I, i think that so often we tend to undersell the traumas in our lives Uh, because you know we do live in such a toxic society that sort of constantly tries to push push us to um shrug off or discard things like you know that shouldn't bother you as much as it does or we're so often invalidated 
for how we mm. truly feel especially and then i hate to make it this but especially as men um as men more often than not we are invalidated more more than than most um because we're taught from a young age so we're supposed to shrug shrug all that off shove that down focus on making sure everybody else is good as, as a man you're taught that you're supposed to provide for your family you're supposed to take care of you know the people around you that's what you're supposed to do and so you don't have time to delve into all of the all of the the minutia of 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 your everyday life for the things that have, have happened to you and that's that's wrong like completely and i and i and it's not to say or dismiss or invalidate women in any way shape or form it's just an ex- women is an experience a, a female experience is not something i can speak to as i'm not a woman so i choose not to address that as a man i can address the fact that i know that my whole life i've often been told to that my feelings have been invalidated and that you know suck it up deal with it man up those are things that i've consistently dealt with and i at some point at one point in my life i just decided i wasn't gonna live like that that i'm a i'm an individual who wears their emotions on their sleeve you know my wife even says it you know that a lot of guys aren't like me in the sense of i'm the kind of guy that'll say i feel like this and this bothers me or this hurt my feelings and like that specific phrase that hurt my feelings it took me forever to be able to say that because i used to just resort to that pissed me off and the thing that pissed me off was always like a cover instead of just opening up and saying you know what that hurt my feelings that made me sad that you know hurt or sad those were those are not male traits those those are you know those are more feminine traits i shouldn't i shouldn't engage in that I, I need to be pissed off more because that that makes me feel more masculine that makes me feel more like a man um and then eventually i just started realizing you know what no that hurt that shit hurt and i don't like it it made me sad and you know i'm okay with crying and i'm okay with opening up about how i feel and and i think that when we tend to invalidate our own we tend to invalidate our own feelings more than anybody else does Um, Mm. i think we have a tendency to tell ourselves it shouldn't bother me or i don't think it but like you said i don't think that that you know i used to think it didn't bother me as much or didn't have as much effect on me but that's just invalidating what you really felt and maybe you know i'm not saying you did it on purpose but it's it's hardwiring you know what i mean and and losing somebody even if you never met them that's a trauma within our within itself um because again yeah that makes sense why one a person might feel like they may never measure up to mm. who the, the potential of somebody who didn't have a chance to really get out in the world and, and do things and feel like you know they could never be you know and and then and even if your parents or you know family never has said that to you that doesn't change the fact that Growing up, you may have seen how much they missed her, how much they cared about, you know, her and how, how much that affected them and then kind of connected that to your own self-worth. And within that, it sort of takes you back a little bit. So, yeah, that, that makes complete sense to me. Right on, man. I mean, thank you for validating my feelings. Of course. Of uh, course, man. Yeah, I know my my lady would definitely probably appreciate it if I talked about more. Oh, that hurt my feelings because that... I haven't been able to use that. <laughs> I haven't been able to say those those words. Uh, you know, I, I, for me, I, I definitely just shut shut it down. You know, mm-hmm. I think my lady can definitely see a shift in this energy wise. I am mm-hmm. a certain way, 
but if something like kind of triggers me and puts me in a bad space i just i'm just quiet and i mm. i'm focused on a task or i'm focused on getting to like the next thing um that's where my mind goes uh if i don't have time to kind of like think about it but if i got the time then i'm going into that rabbit hole for sure uh, <laughs> do you think i mean i just let you know man we about halfway through the pod and i just, just want to thank you for for a great conversation um, and i think we could just keep it rolling keep it flowing like this yeah i'm, I'm with it all right so talk about do you believe in general generational curses you know they kind of say that where sometimes i feel like i'm carrying that too because the, mm-hmm. the story you spoke about your mother mother my mm-hmm. my parents have similar traumas or similar stories that i think got them to a point where you know they did the best they can raising me um mm-hmm. but i know for them they also feel kind of like oh i could have done better could have done more and we all kind of do that to ourselves and i tried yeah. i tried to like let them know that you know there's no regret or um, what's, what's the word? But there's no ill feeling for me to them mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, you didn't raise me the right way, or you didn't, you know, right. put me in right w- situations to succeed." Because I know they were just doing the best they could, um, right? Without really knowing how to be parents themselves, you know, or like having exactly. that. Um. So yeah, for you, general Kate curses. Do you feel like that's something that you're able to just cut out completely, or you know, something you feel like you're still working on? I'm definitely still working on it. Um, I just had a conversation with my mom not that long ago about there's there's two things. One, we had a conversation about how my mom, the way that I'm not angry at my mom by any means, but I've come to realize how much her, some of the things she has done has impacted the way that I look at success and whether or not I can achieve it. Mm. My mom was, uh, my mom was very big on be practical. Um, even if you don't get, you know, the number one spot, at least you tried, type of person. Mm-hmm. So you know, be conservative about about what your expectations are going to be. And she kind of drilled that into me. So now, when I think about my ambitions, my goals, I have to fight that. A lot. So, like, if somebody's like, "Well, what is your goal for for filmmaking?" For instance, um, for the longest time, I kept saying, "You know, I just want to make a movie. If I could just make a movie, that'd be good." Mm-hmm. I felt guilty for saying, "No, I want to actually be a Hollywood director. Mm-hmm. I want to actually do that. I want to. Not only do I want to do it, I want to make it a goal, and I want to actively work towards that. And that, and then not feel weird about saying it, or not feel like you know." not feel like it's not for me because my mom my mom always had a tendency of saying you know making it seem like what are the odds that you're going to that you're going to achieve the thing you want to achieve there's so many people that want to do the thing you want to do you're probably not going to do it so so manage your expectations and i know i know that it wasn't it's never been meant in a malicious way it's never been meant like to tear me down or, or do anything like that but it's it's more of that it's just where she comes from uh and, and and her you know how she was brought up now the only difference the thing that i find funny is that my, my grandmother is uh an entrepreneur my grandmother started uh, um a hair salon she built it, it was right built right out the back of her house it's been there for for since I was born, since my mom was a kid, 
um it's been just around for a really long time um but my grandmother my grandmother she went to, to beauty school and did all that while raising four kids and and did all that and then started her own business and it's been you know a, a staple of her town for the last probably like 40 50 years so you know my mom has seen that but my mom i think my mom took my my grandmother's work ethic but kind of just left it at that uh mm-hmm. and so you know there's that and then also some of the other stuff when it comes to you talk about generational curses and parents doing the best they can you know like getting spankings and things of that nature um and just like like i said not talking about your feelings and the, the, that kind of stuff i told my mom i think that you know a big part of it especially with our community uh, as african americans my mom was um around during she was born in 1956 so mm. you know she was in the south she lived in georgia so you know she was around during some very tough times in the south and then my grandmother was around you know heavily during the jim crow era um and then you know so my great grandmother or should i say my great great grandmother if i me and my mom were trying to do the math but if we did the math correctly my great great grandmother was a slave so when you think about that how how close generationally i am to slavery like it's not this isn't something that happened you know five thousand years ago this is something that happened you know you know within the last couple centuries that's you know what i mean and that in the in the way that they were they were taught to engage you know they were stripped of their identity stripped of their religion stripped of their you know there was nobody asking slaves how they were emotionally feeling there was nobody saying you know how did picking cotton make you feel all day nobody gave a shit about that this was livestock you don't ask livestock how how they feel so you have people that have been doing that in a couple generations down imagine you know if i was if i was a slave and i raised my children as free americans i'm gonna i'm gonna implement i'm gonna teach them things that i know and what i know is nobody cares about how i feel nobody you know you got to get up every day and you got to do what you got to do nobody cares and i'm going to pass that on to my kids and then my kids are going to pass it on to theirs and so on and so forth and yeah. that's pretty much how our our family's been i just got to the point where you know things got so bad for me that i couldn't say i'm just going to put my head down and and, and do what i got to do i couldn't do that uh, so i think generational curses are definitely still prevalent uh in my in my family i i think we're working through it as i said my mom's doing therapy i'm 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 not really doing therapy right now Mm -hmm. um but i you know i'm working on it (laughs) i'm working through stuff and my niece is doing her thing so yeah the generation we're getting better at, at handling tough stuff I mean, I think you guys are taking a big step already with uh, Family Therapy. That's the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With, with you and your niece. Shout out to your niece, man. Like, I, I know. Thank you. Uh, you, yeah, it's, she, we, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, because uh, you were right. We, we reached out because we were going to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, what ended up happening that very day is we ended up, me and her ended up having a, a, a an argument type of, it wasn't really an argument. It was It was a matter of, some family stuff that was going on and it shattered my trust her trust in me was shattered because she believed certain things about me that weren't true and i felt like 
after all the the time and years that we've known each other we've been around i've known you your whole life i've always been a person that can be trustworthy if you if my word isn't good enough then that then we have a problem and so we ended up getting to the point where we decided we weren't even going to be in each other's lives um for a while we just recently reconciled so that's why the podcast is kind of on hold at the moment um but we're because we're just trying to feel our way back into things and and connect but yeah that was it was a tough it was a tough one that's wild uh i'm glad that you guys are on the path of reconciliation um and sometimes people need that just time apart a little bit you know kind of absolutely learn and grow in different ways to come back uh you know in in my world in my life uh, mm-hmm. I almost wish I had that kind of problem with, uh, just because I feel like I've, I've definitely kept myself out of a lot of my family's lives, you know, not, mm-hmm. not in a way where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a part of it, but it's just like, I need to continue doing me and doing this until I get to a point. I don't know. Sometimes I feel embarrassed, not embarrassed, but I have definitely not reached the expectations that I feel like mm-hmm. was given to me as a kid. And uh, I think that little anxiety or anxiousness still comes up even when I am with family or like my cousins and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I keep telling myself, like, once I get this big crib, that's when I'm going to invite everybody mm-hmm. to go for Christmas. And, you know, we're going to have like, you know, what should have been. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, yeah. yeah. So for now, it's just like, damn, I'm still kind of like embarrassed about it. But. I know it's not anything that anyone else cares about except me in my own mind. Um, yeah, I can get that. I get that. But yeah, man, it's, you know, I've been, I don't know if your niece is a high schooler or like a college student or anything like that. But she's in college. Okay, for sure. I uh, I just mentioned it because I've been starting to do these uh, podcasts. I, I think the last time I talked to you, I want to say, you probably don't remember, but I was probably working at the self-driving um, company. Uh, and then ever since then, I'm actually back at the high school I used to work at four years ago. And uh, I've been interacting with a lot of high schoolers this past year and a half. Uh, just mm-hmm. recently been able to get them in front of a camera, in front of a mic, microphone, oh, and trying to get them to just find their voice. That's what I tell them is like the podcasting is helping you find your voice and what you want to talk about and what you're passionate about. Um, makes sense. But yeah, so... I mean, in the future, as far as like things growing up, they're probably gonna need some folks to come on. And if you're down, man, for sure, I'll, I'll absolutely tell them reach out to you. Uh, absolutely, I'm all, I'm always open to talk, especially about stuff like this. I, I think it's really important that these conversations are had. There's so much stigma surrounding all of this stuff, and I know people say that it's 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 better now than it used to be, but it's it's not. It's really not, and and it. We need to keep having these conversations. We need to keep on talking about it. So I'm always, I'm always down for that. That's that's never never a problem for me. Right on, man. And uh, you know, I'll try to steer us into some more things to look forward to. So tell me about okay. the films you've been working on, or maybe some projects that you've just been taking small steps towards. Sure. Um, well, before I jump into that, I also yeah. want to say that I can I can relate to you as mm-hmm. far as the you know being in almost being embarrassed about your station in life in mm-hmm. regards to you know family members and loved ones i had the same problem for for a while where i was just worried about if i'm not that that brings me back to the to the entrepreneurial starting the business thing that you know i kept feeling like if i could 
if I could start my own business and, 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 and have all this money and do all this other stuff, you know, I could impress my in-laws. I can impress my mom. I can impress, you know, people that they'll, they'll be proud of me, you know, finally. And, and then I got to the point where based on, I, I came to the realization that just based on where I am in my life, the things that I have managed to do, what may not seem like a huge deal like i'm not rolling in gary vaynerchuk money i'm not elon musk i'm not doing any of those types of things but i mean i'm a guy who who was in group homes psych hospital i tried to commit suicide multiple times almost succeeded three of the five times that i tried it i'm a guy who was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and i've been through a lot and didn't have an actual job like a, a consistent job until I was way in my 20s. Like so many things that everything predicted. If, if you were to look at my life, then it, the trajectory of where I was thinking I was going to go versus where I'm at is completely different. And I'm, I think that the people that I'm, that I would have been so worried about impressing and wanting to not be you know embarrassed in front of i think that they're proud because of where i'm at that if you know god forbid i was to to bite it tomorrow every single person that i know that knows me would be proud of the accomplishments that i achieved and that has to be good enough i i was i I told my wife not that long ago that i think the key to it was it was something it was based off something that keanu reeves had said but um, it was the idea of living living a meaningful life is learning is if you can be truly loved, truly love others, and know that you will be missed when you're gone. If those three things can be said by the end of your life, you lived a life of meaning. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter, you know, what you did or what you didn't do. Doesn't matter if you ran a company or you were, you know. Joe Schmo who worked in the warehouse at Amazon it doesn't matter if you can if you die and you know that you were loved you truly love someone else and that somebody's gonna miss you when you're gone then you 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 lived a life that meant something so I would say to you 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 have nothing to be embarrassed about at all you are just judging by the way that you have carried yourself this thing that you've created is amazing and I think that it's only gonna get bigger and it's going to be amazing. So I, I if, if nobody else says it to you, I'm proud of you. And I think that it, I think that it's awesome. I appreciate that, Jared. I, uh, no doubt. Yes, it's something that I feel like I'm coming more to. The, the podcast, ever since it started, definitely has given mm-hmm. me more ease, more ease or more, um, more acceptance, I guess, of like mm-hmm. what my life is feels like it's going to end up being like um because you know it is something i feel like i can do forever without even thinking about making money off it's like that part doesn't matter as much as like connecting with people so that's all that matters um i I listened to this one conversation recently with uh i don't know if you're big into sports but um it was odd to me it was the general manager of the warriors talking to um, J. Cole now I looked at the <laughs> YouTube video I'm like this is weird let me hear what they're talking about really good conversation um, it's called Lead by Example that's his podcast mm-hmm. so I'm like that's dope um, but uh, J. Cole was talking about how like he's jealous of people 
who don't have vision or who aren't a visionary right like in my, I, I get it though like i'm a j cole stan um but still <laughs> i was like damn this guy's like saying he has vision so great <laughs> and like that nobody else has it i'm like i, I feel it because sometimes i feel the same way um yeah. but I, I don't think that nobody else can see it but he, the way he, he just said it was like he's jealous of people who don't have the vision and i'm like am i like should i be because having the vision or like having this big dream to that i can see and kind of like really want to go for makes me feel like there are things that i don't experience the same way like maybe someone else's goal is to have a family real young mm -hmm. like start that and then yeah. but for me it's like now nah, i gotta wait on that family until i get this big thing you know and, <laughs> um i get and, that and it really does change a lot of the choices I make, the plans that I have laid out for, you know, my lady, for my parents and all this stuff. Even though like for sure for my parents, it's like, when are you going to have a kid? Like, of course we want grandkids. And for me, mm -hmm. it's like, hold on, wait until like it, it blows <laughs> up and then I can give everybody else what they want. But I got to like continue working on this thing. Up to you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I get that. Definitely. I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, sometimes that is that is difficult the whole the the vision if nobody else sees it and sometimes it's about there's sacrifices that have to be made and nobody else gets it the the nights where you have to tell people i can't go out or i can't do this or i'm busy doing this and nobody else sees that or sometimes there's people have small sometimes you can get jealous people have smaller ambitions than you do um because you have put so much pressure on yourself to achieve those greater things so yeah i get that do you think for um, you um you you've been able to like do you still have that i, I don't want to call it pressure but you still have the vision versus kind of just seeing the vision differently like i think for me that's what's happening is where of course it'd be great if it popped off and like superstardom yeah. came out of it but for me the vision is more like i really enjoy my job at the high school i really enjoyed the podcast and as long as i can have time for all parts of all people in my life then i would be happy it doesn't really you know matter to me at this point it just feels like it's it feels so right right now that yeah. uh, it, it, it's weird for me to think like okay i need to be doing something crazier or more like for me it's all about just keep doing what i'm doing be patient and i think mm -hmm. things will just kind of fall through because now it's at that point where yana would say like you know, I, I'm feeling the love, I'm giving the love and hopefully something, you know, someone will miss me if things weren't yeah. working. Um, but yeah, man, like for you, do you feel similar or you feel like you're still trying to get to that point? I think I'm still trying to get there. I think like I'm good with if, if I could, all I could do is just, you know, wake up every day and make movies and I don't have to be rich. I don't have to be a multimillionaire or anything like that, but just to have, you know, enough money to be able to make movies and I don't have to work for anybody else and I could just do what I want to do. That would be good enough for me, mm -hmm. but it would, I would be underselling myself if I said, I don't want more and I'm not aiming for more. You know, my mentor, he always uses that expression, that 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 quote, um, aim for the moon, uh, because either way, you, even if you miss, you're still in amongst the stars. And it's I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I, I know what I want and I know that I'm willing to to die trying to get it. 
-hmm. but you know at the end of the day if it's if it doesn't happen i know that i could end my my life could end and i'd be okay with with what i've accomplished so far and what i'm trying to accomplish so yeah i'm I'm still working on it no i got you man as uh, to answer your question the other one because i wanted to make sure i got back to that um the the what what i'm looking forward to or what what to look forward to um i'm i'm currently writing a series um i don't know if you're familiar with the show easy easy no give me a little synopsis of that yeah yeah. easy is like it's an anthology series about these people different people that live in uh chicago and Mm -hmm. it's every episode is about a different person in 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 their little corner of the world uh their little corner of chicago and stuff like that and so it's it's over now but it was on it's on netflix but um i've been thinking a lot about doing my own anthology series because the idea that i have is that ultimately anthology episodes are like twilight zone and black mirror things like that they're nothing more than just short films so Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about creating i'm writing an anthology series where the theme is mental health so each episode is about a different person dealing with mental health and mental health issues um and, and some of the different aspects of that mental health, how it may impact a relationship, how it may impact a person, whatever. But it's it's going to be a series. I want to do maybe five or six episodes, um, and each being an anthology, and then string them together as a web series um, that I put out. And then I hopefully can be able to, if it comes out well, use it as a concept um, that I can pitch to some of the bigger studios out there as as a series. So that's what I'm I'm aiming to start doing in the coming by the end of the year and between now and then though i'm going to be working on um a couple of micro films which are just like one minute films like the one that's on my youtube currently uh the coffee uh coffee the counterweight which i did which was like the first thing i ever shot um and then i'm planning on doing a couple more of those a music video and then uh this movie i wrote called survive uh it's another short film that i plan on doing so i have a few projects that i have lined up uh as well so yeah that's what i'm really hyped about that's great, man. That's a lot of things yeah. to to keep your creative juices flowing. Um, and you know what people say, busy is good. Oh, you're gonna be very yeah, busy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it keeps me out of keeps me out of my head. So yeah, I, I'm all for being busy. I got you, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, your the the first project, the mental illness anthology. I'm huge on anthologies. Uh, and <laughs> I, yeah, Twilight Zone is my my jam. Black Mirror is my jam. Yeah. Um, there's this other one that just came up. I don't remember. I don't know. You ever seen, uh, it's like, it's called 404. It's like, it, they try to make it, uh, (laughs) Black Mirror-ish with Twilight Zone-ish, but Hmm. super updated. It was supposed to be like, um, Error 404. You know how, like, we look on the internet and that comes up. That's what it was kind of about or kind of play on. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love anthologies, man. Oat Studio, um, that Guillermo del Toro one that just came out uh on Netflix, the uh I forget what it's called, but um That's like, it's like a bunch movie. of Yeah, it's like horror a bunch movie. of like short films that are horror horror films and then you know, plus the the animated one like Love what is it, Love Death and Robots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um like like I just I love I love anthologies and I think it's the perfect way to really master filmmaking as well as um, it's just easier because like what I found is really hard to get people like getting cast and crew and things like that for like a TV show is really hard because you need to get people like 
every single day like not every single day but like week after week after week if you do a like an anthology it's like no i don't need the same people i can work with different people and for each project and then just string them together with with a simple theme and, and it all works out no i got you i got you uh man i would ask you you know what what's been a new like before you head out but i want to ask you yeah. what's been some kind of either movie you'd recommend or a tv show i should check out that just like hit you different recently um well do you want a classic film or do you want a, something more more modern uh give me something give me something more modern this time around okay something more modern um surprisingly uh a knock at the cabin i think is what it's called that that new m night uh Shyamalan movie yeah what you think i'm not a big it? fan of him but i thought that movie was fantastic Mm. more so for the cinematography than the story okay. but it was it was it was really good i really enjoyed it i got you uh i gotta mm-hmm. recommend to you uh shrinking you ever heard, sh- heard of shrinking no wait is, is that the uh, one on apple tv about the uh therapist who stops like being nice or whatever to people <laughs> yeah it's uh, jason siegel <laughs> harrison ford yeah yeah uh, i've seen the advertisement i've been meaning to watch it i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to check it out now is yes it's definitely it's not him being mean it's more like him just doing unorthodox ways to do therapy and i'm like okay i'm all for that um but it's been great it's the comedy hits uh and it is deep i don't know if you ever watched ted lasso but it's kind of like that where it's like it feels good but also very you know hits you in the heart sometimes okay Um, (laughs) i'll check it out for sure Uh, any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here though um I just want to say thank you for having me, man. Um, I, I really appreciate it. And for anybody that's that's listening, if you're interested in, in hearing the podcast, uh, the Mentally Ill Filmmaker podcast, which is pretty much just a podcast where I go over the challenges, the trials and tribulations of becoming a filmmaker, as well as how to manage mental health and mental health issues. So even if you're not a filmmaker and you're just looking for tips on how to deal with some of the mental health stuff that's going on it's it's a great listen you can find it on spotify apple podcasts um my favorite place to look for it though is my website that's www.mentallyillfilmmaker.com you can even leave a voice note so that i can uh, respond to any questions or tips or suggestions that you have so yeah that's about it right on man and uh, I want to thank you again, Jared, for coming through. Uh, and of course, I do, no doubt. do want to make this as clear as you made it as clear to me, but I'm proud of you too, dog. So thank you, man. Thank you. Keep doing your thing. Um, yeah, I'll be reaching out soon, soon enough with the kids, probably. Sure. Uh, they always want to talk to like interesting folk. And I think you are one of those interesting folks, man. Thank um, you. Thank you. All right, man. No doubt. Just, uh, I'm always just a, a DM away. <laughs> for sure for sure uh, I want to thank the folks for tuning in if you listen on Apple um, Spotify or YouTube appreciate your time as well please remember to reach out reach forward as always much love and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 questions peace and then it kind of fades out from there man <laughs>